Welcome to the 321 iRelaunch podcast. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch. We are the pioneering company in the career reentry space, providing tools, resources, products, and services for individuals returning to work after a career break. And we work with companies to create career reentry programs. Today, I'd like to share a conversation I had with Manisha Takor author, blogger, and advocate for financial literacy. Earlier this year, Manisha invited me to join her on her popular Money Zen podcast, where we discussed a range of topics, including the role I relaunch is playing in helping women return to the workforce after career breaks. Here is our conversation. Joining us from the greater Boston area is today's guest, Carol Fishman-Cohen. Carol is the CEO of iRelaunch, which consults to some of the world's largest corporations on career reentry strategy and programming. Carol's seminal Harvard Business Review article, The 40-Year-Old Intern, focuses on the use of the internship as a vehicle for employers to engage with experienced professionals returning from career break. It was selected an HBR article that changed the way I think as part of HBR's 90th anniversary recognition of Harvard Business Review articles that made the biggest difference in readers' and contributors' lives. Carol's TED Talk, How to Get Back to Work After a Career Break, has been viewed nearly 1.5 million times and translated into 28 languages. In addition, Irie launched over 250 return-to-work programs and presentations to date have reached an international network of over 30,000 people. Carol originated and co-leads the STEM Reentry Task Force with the Society of Women Engineers, in which 13 primarily Fortune 500 companies are piloting reentry internship programs in 2016 and 2017. iRelaunch has a similar initiative in the financial advisory sector with the Certified Financial Planner Board Center for Financial Planning. Carol's return to work at Bain Capital after 11 years out of the full-time workforce is documented in an HBS case study. As if she doesn't have enough on her plate, Carol is also the mother of four wonderful millennials. Welcome, Carol. Hi, Manisha. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. You know, I can tell you as the Director of Wealth Strategies for Women at Buckingham and the BAM Alliance, I am frequently asked why women need any special attention when it comes to their finances. And so, of course, one of the most common combination of stats that I highlight is that we women still earn less on the male dollar, and we do it for fewer years, spending an average of 11 years out of the paid workforce. So your 57 took 11 years out of the workforce and are now literally transforming the way women return to work across the country and across the globe. Tell us about your personal story and how you came to start iRelaunch. Well, I am a relauncher myself. That's what we at iRelaunch call returning professionals, people returning to work after a career break. So after I graduated from business school back in 1985 and worked briefly in manufacturing and then went into a corporate finance role at Drexel Burnham Lambert, uh, at the investment bank that collapsed in February of 1990 while I was on maternity leave with my first child. Thus, beginning my career break. Uh, so I planned to return to work, but I didn't have a company to return to. And I knew that we were planning on having more children. We ended up having three more kids in the next five years. 
So I was doing some project work during that five-year period. I was having more children. And then when my fourth was born, I left the paid workforce entirely. And I began a six-year period at home with my kids. So 11 years out of the full-time workforce in total. And during that six-year period, I was very active in my kids' school and in the community. And then in 2001, back when no one was talking about relaunching careers, there were no programs, no media attention to the topic. I felt very isolated um, and without a game plan, but I made my way back to work by taking a a pretty intense job with uh, Bain Capital, the investment firm in their high-yield debt management group, which is now known as Bain Capital Credit. So that's how I returned first, and I've experienced every phase of the transition firsthand, feeling completely professionally disconnected, needing to update my skills, needing to reinvigorate my networks, and I feel such an authentic connection to the people who we serve at iRelaunch because I experienced it on my own. And then after about a year, I ended up leaving there. I forgot to do a key step that now that we look back on it and have studied other people's return to work strategies, I did not do a new career assessment for myself. So I went back automatically into financial analysis, which is where I had come from before my career break. And it wasn't until I was well into the role that I realized I didn't really want to do that um, spreadsheet analysis piece of the job like I did before when I was 29 and I loved it and I was great at it. There were other pieces of that job that I loved, meeting with company management and the business writing piece and presenting the investment opinion, all those parts I loved. So I ended up leaving and shortly after that became the subject of a case study at Harvard Business School written by two professors there, one of whom was Robin Ely, who now heads up their gender initiative. And it was about my return to work. After that, along with Vivian Steer-Rabin, who's a mother of five, who took a seven-year career break, was originally in investment banking and then went back to executive search, we ended up being paid in advance. Uh, There was an auction for our book proposal. We we put in a book proposal for back on the career track and several publishers were interested and we were paid in advance to write a book about career reentry strategy. So it was called back on the career track. It came out in 2007. Hard to believe that was about 10 years ago at this point. (laughs) Actually, almost to the day. It came out in May of 2007. So we're we're getting close there. And the book came out, but in the course of researching the book, and mind you, this was pre-recession in the 2004 to 2006 timeframe, we were speaking with employers and academics and recruiters and work-life experts. And there was a flurry of career re-entry programming activity during that time. Lehman Brothers had started their Encore program for ex-finance professionals returning from career break, Tuck, Dartmouth Business School had a program called Back to Business. We were involved in the early stages. UBS and Wharton had paired up to offer a career reentry program. So there was a significant activity at the time, and we were involved in a lot of it. And so companies were asking us to screen candidates and present in their programs and advise on developing them, and the same with some of the academic programs. So we created iRelaunch in 2007 to respond to essentially unsolicited inbound requests that we already had um, to do this kind of work. And then one of the first things we wanted to do when we started iRelaunch was to create our own return to work 
conference and event. And we started the I Relaunch Return to Work conference in 2008. And uh, we've since run it 19 times and have had over 5,000 people come. And after this year, we'll have another thousand. We're going to have conference at Stanford, we'll have 400 people, and at Columbia, we'll have 600. So it's a day of career reentry strategy and education, and also the opportunity to speak with employers who are interested in hiring from the return to work pool. So we do a lot more now as well, but that's the evolution of how the company uh, came. I love it. And, and you and I had a conversation not too long ago about the power of mid-career internships. And I had told you that I had never heard that term before and was blown away by what you taught me about it. Can you tell listeners about this powerful trend of mid-career internships, what they are and how they work? Sure. So um, one of the things that we have done almost from the beginning of iRelaunch is to track career reentry programs of all kinds all over the world. And so in 2008, we had identified a handful and we started focusing on them. And by 2010, I noticed that there were a handful of them that were using an internship or an internship-like experience as the vehicle for people to transition back to work and for companies to engage with them. And for example, MIT and Pace and Harvard all had programs to engage with returning lawyers or returning technical professionals. And the um, PACE program and the uh, MIT programs both included an internship-like experience as part of this essentially executive education program for returning to work. And then in 2008, Goldman Sachs and also Sarah Lee Corporation started programs that they both called returnship programs. Uh, Goldman trademarked the returnship name. Their program is called Returnship and still runs today. And Edith Cooper, who is their global head of, head of diversity, recently said that they've had 350 people go through that program since inception. Uh, the Sarah Lee program, because Sarah Lee was restructured, went away um, after uh, it was running for, for about a year and a half, uh, but also still one of the original programs. So, And we also saw examples in the military um, where there might be a two-year rotational internship like program for traditional undergrads, recent grads, and they opened it up to a returning professional. And then she went through it and ended up with a permanent role. So we were tracking all of this across different sectors and started to notice it was picking up and that the results were good. So I ended up writing a report about what I was seeing over a two-year period. And that became the Harvard Business Review article, The 40-Year-Old Intern, uh, which you mentioned in the introduction. And so essentially what this is, is very similar concept to what a university or entry level internship is, where someone spends a two or three month period in an organization and the organization gets to see a sample of their work and their work style and work ethic. And um, the person gets to try out what it's like to be within a certain organization. And uh, then they may or may not end up with a a full-time role after that internship period is over. 
So in the case of mid-career internships, from the perspective of the employer, to the extent that employers attach risk to hiring people who are coming off of a multi-year career break, the mid-career or re-entry internship allows them to evaluate the person on the basis of an actual work sample instead of a series of interviews, and they don't have to make that hiring decision until the internship period is over. So it lowers the perceived risk. Now, of course, we at iRelaunch don't think it's such a risky proposition because we've seen the caliber of the pool and results of so many relaunchers successfully returning to work. But hiring manager by hiring manager, if there is some perceived risk, then the internship lowers lowers the risk. And what's been really amazing is that we've seen across a couple of industry sectors, Wall Street, really the pioneers, uh, critical mass of programs there now, uh, Morgan Stanley, uh, JP Morgan, Credit Suisse, uh, MetLife, uh, UBS, Barclays, and of course the Goldman uh, program that started back in 2008 and is still running. So a critical mass of programs that are running in Wall Street, and the numbers are are incredible um, in terms of quote conversion rate. How many of those interns convert to full time roles? And right now the numbers range from 50% to over 90%, depending on the company and the program in the year. And then we took this concept to the STEM sector with the STEM Reentry Task Force idea, an initiative that we run with the Society of Women Engineers. And we had seven companies involved in our inaugural year of that program, which was uh, 2016. Some of the biggest companies in the world, IBM, General Motors, Cummins, Booz Allen Hamilton. And we had over 60 interns in the pilots in the first year. And 60% to 100% of them were converting to full-time employees. And these were returning technical professionals, IT professionals and engineers. And this year, we've doubled the size of that initiative and six more companies have joined. And again, all mostly Fortune 100, Johnson & Johnson, GE, Ford, Northrop Grumman, huge companies. And we are working with them as we speak, um, meeting monthly as they develop and get ready to uh, pilot the 2017 program. So we're really excited about the proliferation of these mid, the mid-career internship concept and also the results. You know, it's interesting. I would never have thought that STEM and financial services would be some of the industries that are the most trend-setting in this mid-career internship movement. And just the breadth of the names of, of companies that you've mentioned has really surprised me. This is so exciting. What are some of the services that iRelaunch offers women looking to re-enter the workforce via mid-career internships or other ways? Well, let me just first make a brief comment on what you're saying about STEM and Wall Street leading the way. Yeah, It's precisely because there are issues with a lack of women in mid to senior level roles on Wall Street and at all levels at STEM that you see them being very interested in this concept. So the trigger for an initiative like this within a firm is or can be, but is typically so far, a lack of women. And the return to work population is, at least right now, primarily female because the largest subset of people who take a voluntary career break are females who take career breaks for childcare reasons. So if you look at 
Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers and look at educated mothers of prime working age uh, who are not in the labor force, that number is about 2.6 million, you know, and it's dynamic because people are always leaving the workforce to join that group and leaving that group to rejoin the workforce. But it's a sizable group. And then, of course, you have men who make that decision just to stay home for caregiving reasons. And you have people who take career breaks, men and women, for reasons that have nothing to do with childcare. It could be elder care or pursuing a personal interest or a personal health issue. So, so it's a big group. And the other piece is that it's such a high caliber group. In the last month, I uh, one of the things that you just asked, that, uh, what is I, uh, some of the services that I relaunch provides? Well, one of the things that we do is we present in the orientations of the career reentry programs. And so in the last month, we've presented how to make the most of your career reentry experience. Um, and we've been at IBM and we've been at Bloomberg and we've been at Pepsi. And each time we are sitting at the table with the people who have been selected to participate in these programs. And everyone goes around and talks about their prior work experience and how long they've been out of the workforce, which can be years. We're not talking about a leave less than a year. We're talking two to 20 years um, in terms of, of career breaks. And I never fail to be completely blown away by the caliber of the people who are sitting at that table to the point where I feel, how can employers not engage with this population? And so what we see is initially employers might come to our conference, for example, because they need to educate themselves about who is in this population. And they might come because they're curious or they want to observe. And then they say to us at the end of the day, we're bringing our recruiters next time because they see for themselves how high caliber it is. So that's one of the other pieces of this is I even remember um, Ann Ernie, the chief diversity officer of Lehman Brothers, who that was the first big uh, corporate reentry program. It didn't involve an internship, but it was a return to work program. And I remember her saying, we want to skim the top 5% off of all of the talent pools, including this one. And I think that that's what employers are thinking about. And that's why this talent pool should be part of all the talent pools that they look at. Now, in terms of services, so we see four constituencies as in, in terms of who we serve. So individuals who are on career break and want to get back in. We have the irelaunch.com website, plenty of free tools and resources on, on the website, over 200 success stories, lists of career reentry programs of all kinds all around the world, advice, coaching, the whole range of services. Uh, and I should just tell people that if they go to irelaunch.com, they should make sure they get on the mailing list because of what we send to the people on our list in terms of more tools and resources. So there's that piece of it. We work with, of course, employers, as I've been telling you, through our return to work conferences and our direct initiatives to work with companies on developing uh, career reentry programs of all kinds. And we also work with a national network of alumni career services directors that we've built over the years that are very interested in having their own alumni who are on career break get exposure to um, programming and resources for how to return. So we do webinars for them, we do half-day events um, in person, and sometimes a range of different events where we're using the university as the location for something we might be doing with a company, for example. 
So very tightly coordinate with our alumni career service director network to make sure that they know everything that we're offering so they can pass it on to their alums. And then the professional organizations, so like the Society of Women Engineers and the Certified Financial Planner Board Center for Financial Planning, where we're working with groups of companies that are their corporate partners on initiatives where groups of companies can pilot career reentry programs within the same time frame. When you were speaking about the Lehman Initiative and referencing the range of years that people in the room had been out of the workforce, one of the things that ran through my mind was, on average, how long have the women who are using iRelaunch's services been out of the paid workforce? And what are some of the biggest challenges that they face upon reentry? Okay, so just to clarify, when we're talking about career breaks from two to 20 years, we're seeing this in all the programs. So with IBM, Bloomberg, Mm -hmm. Pepsi, the Wall Street programs that we work with, that range is the typical range. Wow. So we see clusters of um, people out from five to 10 years, 10 to 15 years, or 15 years or more. And that can be about a third, a third, a third in terms of each of those groups. We have seen some amazing success stories of people who have been out for 15 years or more come back in, even in the technical fields. We have featured as a speaker at our upcoming Stanford conference, a woman who was out for 22 years, who who was an IT professional, back working for NBC Universal in a very intensive iOS developer role and totally thriving back already for three years now. You know, when that's an extreme example, but we see people who have taken career breaks of all different lengths in all different fields return successfully. And we think that the correlation of whether you can be a successful relauncher is less to do with how old you are or how long you've been out of the workforce. And it has most to do with figuring out exactly what you want to do and then being relentless about going after it. So that career assessment piece, the one I skipped when when I went back to work that I should have done, that is the most important step in the process because it drives every other part of your relaunch. And if you think about it, you really need to do a second career assessment for yourself now at this point in your life, post-career break. You can't rely on automatically going back to what you did before because think about it, a lot of us fell into our careers right out of college without a lot of strategic thinking, or maybe we were fulfilling someone else's expectations. So the idea that we spent a certain amount of time on a particular career path might have been accidental. It might have been a mismatch. It might not be, but you need to reflect on where your interests and skills are strongest now and then think about, does that mean I'm going back to exactly what I left? Am I going back to some permutation of what I did before? Or maybe I'm relaunching in an entirely new direction. When you look at examples of women who have done a successful new career assessment, successfully reentered the workforce, what are some of the common, I'm just going to use a broad group of phrases here, beliefs or habits or actions that you've seen them take What are some of the commonalities that you see amongst people who successfully re-enter? They're very thoughtful and deliberate about figuring out exactly what they want to do. Then they have to figure out 
what does updating skills look like for me? Am I going into a brand new field? Was there something during my career break that um, opened up for me a whole area of interest and I've already been maybe taking some courses in it or pursuing some volunteer work there? And um, do I need to do more of that? You know, when I was going back into a finance role, I looked at all my old finance books. I looked at all the old deals I worked on when I was back at Drexel. I looked at case studies that that were relevant. But the most important thing that I did was that I connected with my former colleagues and I grilled them about new acronyms and new financial products and how do they work and why don't we use those old ones anymore and what changed and those kinds of conversations were really helpful to me now that's called self-directed study i mean i i pretty much did that on my own but you know there are programs now and some some great online programs some great in-person continuing education certificate programs that people can take that um, not only give you great updating and package it for you in a very efficient way to present the most relevant information, but it is great signaling on your resume to put relevant coursework at the top and have you show that you've completed or that you're in a certificate program because they're in very specific areas. You can take a certificate program in fundraising and development, in managing a political campaign, in landscape design. And if you're interested in going into one of those fields, whether you worked in it before or whether it's new for you, it's great signaling to have those on your resume or in your LinkedIn profile. And the other piece there is to try to identify programs or courses that have a capstone project or a field study attached to them, because that field study, for instance, is great conversation material when you're talking to people in your field, and it is a legitimate separate entry on your resume besides the course itself. You want to highlight that you were in the field working on a problem at a particular employer that allowed you to use what you were learning in the classroom. So that's another piece that someone who's successful I might have been doing. But then the other critical part is the people who are successful get out of the house. You cannot conduct your relaunch from behind your computer. I mean, you do need to carefully research companies and apply for jobs online, but you cannot do that exclusively. And we hear from so many people who say, you know, I applied for 100 jobs online and I haven't heard a thing. Not one response, they'll say, and they'll be so depressed over that and, and down. And we say, you got to get out of the house and have conversations with people and talk to, tell everyone you know that you're interested in returning to work. Uh, and then the corollary to that is you need to have substantive information to talk about. So, and this also comes into... Um, issues about ages and people say, well, there's all this ageism out there. And, you know, in our population, people are, could be in their fifties returning to work and, and they're feeling the ageism pretty acutely. And we say that the antidote to ageism is subject matter expertise. So not only do you need to get out of the house and I can give you a couple of examples of where to go, but um, you need to get really up to date in your field. And that is actually an opportunity because it allows you, when you get back in touch with people from the past, which is a key part of your outreach when you're, when you're getting ready to go back to work, one of the great questions you can ask people without the opportunistic, can you help me get a job, you're trying to reestablish a relationship with them, is I'm being very thoughtful and deliberate about this process and I'm in information gathering mode. 
can you tell me who you think are the best experts in the field? Who do you follow? What do you read? What websites are you always on to get the best information? And so that's a great conversation opener um, with people from the past, but then it also allows you to then update using what they uh, recommend. And once you read the experts' books and articles and follow the blogs, then when you're, for example, at a professional association event, which is something that ultimately you will want to get yourself the enough courage to go out and go to, um, you can say when you're about to hear a panel, someone on a panel, you could say, did you read that person's most recent book? I just read it and this is what I thought. Or I read their last book, but I haven't read the new one yet. Have you? And those conversations are much more interesting and, and relevant and substantive than the, you know, awkward small talk that will somehow uh, ultimately get to the discussion about you taking a 10-year career break. I love this. And, you know, carrying on this theme of getting out of the house and, and attending professional association events, I would love to revisit something you said earlier that you run an annual I Relaunch Return to Work Conference, the largest and longest running dedicated career reentry event in the country. It sells out every year. As you mentioned, last year was at Columbia University. This year, it's going to be at Stanford. Can you talk a little bit more about the kinds of topics that are discussed? You mentioned a, a day of strategy and say a little bit more about you know who's attending in terms of potential employers and return to work attendees. So actually, this year, we're running it in two locations. We're running it at Stanford and Columbia. So we're expanding in that way, and we're really excited. And yes, last year, we were at Columbia last fall, and we were at capacity once again at 600 people, and we had 178 people on the waiting list. So um, there's tremendous demand um, for this event. It's a one-day event. It's super intensive because we try to cram as much as we can into one day. We kick it off with a keynote that I give on top strategies for returning to work, and I'm always updating and tweaking that to reflect the latest thinking. We have a panel where we have employers talk about job search advice, especially for the relauncher, and we have employers talk who run reentry internship programs, and also those who don't, because we have employers at our conference who prefer not to have a program, but to direct hire relaunchers into full-time roles without an internship. So we have employers give job search advice to relaunchers in both of those situations. And we have panels of relaunchers themselves talking about their personal stories of how they return to work in all different industries and in all different work configurations and after career breaks that range from two to over 20 years. So we want to um, demonstrate a range of career break length and also reason. And then what did that journey look like and what were the key uh, milestone moments that, that um, helped them be successful? And then we have a panel of uh, people who talk about what it's like to be in one of those career reentry internship programs. We have some very interesting insights. Like I remember last year, one of the participants said that she felt more empowered in her salary negotiations when the internship period was over and she was negotiating what the terms were going to be of her full-time long-term role because she proved to herself as well as to the employer um, that she could do this again. And then we have at Stanford, we're going to have 
co-leader from the Society of Women Engineers talk about the STEM reentry task force. Um, we're going to have the founder of the OnRamp Fellowship talk about that. That's a fellowship program for lawyers returning to work after a career break. Um, we've got our partner at Lean In. We're one of our pro bono um, main activities is to help Lean In develop the Lean In Return to Work chapter. We've already set up curriculum uh, for that chapter, and, and we're really uh, excited about that. And then there is an organization called the Reboot Accelerator for Women, and they do technical and other training for women who are returning to work after a career break. And I should say men, too. This is not a women's conference. This is a conference for professionals who are returning to work after a career break. It's about 93% female right now, but we do have men, and we expect to have more men. Because if you look at surveys of millennials, you can see that male and female millennials are both anticipating career breaks in greater numbers than we've ever seen before. So we expect over time that we're going to see more and more men. But we do make a point of saying that it's not a women's conference. It's a returning professional conference. And the reentry programs, for the most part in the companies, men are eligible to apply for and participate in those programs. So as I'm hearing you discuss all of this and the excitement and the enthusiasm with which you discuss all of this. And as we kind of move into a wrap, there are a couple of personal questions that I, I wanted to ask you. And and the, the first was just, you know, you're the mother of four millennials. And what runs through my mind is literally like, do you sleep? What I, what I want to know is, <laughs> is what are, with you reflect back, what are some of the personal success habits that have enabled you to accomplish so much success, both professionally and personally, and remain so upbeat and energized? Any advice for listeners? Thank you. Um, well, keep in mind that when I returned to work back in 2001, my kids were ages five through 11. That was the hardest when they were school age. And I had to have a really frank conversation with my husband. But I, I never generalized from my own um, situation because everyone's situation is unique. My husband at the time was in his job for 20 years already. And he was in a position where he had a lot of control over his schedule. So I could say to him that for this next year, this is going to be a really intense transitional year for me. And I want you to be available to what be what Anne-Marie Slaughter would now term as the lead parent. Um, but, you know, this was back in 2001 and we didn't have that language then, but that's essentially what I was asking him to do. However, if um, my husband had just changed jobs or if he's five years older than me, if he was five years younger than me, if, you know, if I had been in a completely different situation where I was a single parent, either the conversation wouldn't have happened at all or it would have happened on completely different terms. And, you know, we, everyone's situation is unique. So that was, was important for me. And, you know, it was much harder when the kids were younger. When I say I have four millennial children now, I have three who are out of college and one who's in college. So they're ages 21 through 27. They're essentially leading independent lives. So that puts me in a completely different place at this point where I have the same amount of time to devote to I relaunch that, you know, a 23-year-old entrepreneur, you, you know, or, or, or someone who is even in college has um, because 
I, I'm not really on anyone else's schedule. My husband still has to be the one who's the most flexible in terms of dealing with my commitment to building the company. But it's a very different type of day-to-day than when the kids were, were much younger. So I just I wanted to put that out on the table um, first and foremost. But the other piece is I think it's perhaps because I know how hard this is because I've been through the whole process myself. And that's always driven, I think, an incredible passion and uh, this authentic connection with every relauncher who I come in contact with. And there's one slide that, you know, I'm always updating my presentations. I've presented over 250 times. Um, but there is one slide that um, I've kept in my presentations from the very beginning. And it's a picture of me in my minivan wearing this like winter coat, my hat and my gloves. And it was when I was in the throes of being home with my kids and and for the reason I took a career break for childcare reasons. And sometimes when people see me up on the stage and I'm presenting and I'm dressed in my professional outfit, when they see that picture of me, it's like, oh my God, she's she's one of us, you know? <laughs> and I feel that that connection. So I, I still, even to this day, you know, I've been in this state, I relaunched my career in 2001. You know, we started the book research around 2004. I've been in the space for a really long time. I relaunched as the pioneering um, company in the space. And I still have this incredible energy and excitement around the topic. And I feel the day that that goes away will be the day that I need to signal to myself that maybe I need to retire. But until that moment happens, I feel just as energized by it as when we first started, actually even more now, because we're starting to see true institutional shift in the way that companies engage with people returning to work after a career break, especially through the proliferation of these career reentry programs, often involving internships. And I have never been more motivated than I am now. And I think that's why it took a really long time for that institutional shift to happen, but it's happening now. Yeah, you can feel the tipping point. You really, really can. Last question I want to ask is one that I'm asking all guests in 2017. And I ask it because it gets to the heart of why I created the Money's In podcast, which is to help listeners not only develop clarity and confidence and calmer on their finances, but also so that they can craft lives of deep, authentic joy. So my question is, is personal, and it's what is exciting and energizing you right now? Um, what's making you feel all sparkly inside in your life right now? I got to say, my, my work is my life right now. And I think because there's such a social action component to it, um, it is highly motivating and it's all consuming. And I, I love every second of it. So that's, my, that's the biggest um, piece that makes me excited to get up every day and and do what I do. I completely get it. I'm in the exact same stage at 47. I don't have four almost out of the nest. I have zero. But it's interesting your comment about having the energy that a 23-year-old does at this stage in life to focus on something. That's what I'm finding in midlife is that I'm able to go back to work with the same level of intensity that I had right out of school. And it's making me feel sparkly about, about my professional life in a whole new way. So I, I love hearing you say that. To, to learn more about iRelaunch, where can listeners go? 
iRelaunch.com, our website. And also, we have a relatively new podcast, 321 iRelaunch, that I would also direct listeners to with advice, uh, success stories, and strategies about returning to work after a career break. Three, two, one, I relaunch. Love it. Carol, thank you so much for joining us here today. This was really, really inspiring. And I have a strong hunch that a number of listeners are going to be able to relate to so many different pieces of your journey and I relaunch's journey. And on behalf of all women, thank you for the work that you are doing to help make life and work come together in a way that really is just so expansive with possibilities that didn't seem like options when when I first started in the workforce 25 years ago. So thank you. And this is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch. You're listening to the 321 iRelaunch podcast, where we talk about advice and strategies and success stories for uh, people returning to work after taking a career break. So please join us at the iRelaunch.com website and get on our mailing list to become part of the iRelaunch community. Wonderful to be here with all of you today.